Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for October 5th, 2012. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. Cooper says stop, but I'm going to keep going anyway. This week, (laughs) audio augmented reality, mobile sticker shock, bitching on and about Twitter, and the upside of getting hacked. Cooper, say hi. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Good morning. Good morning. If you can call it good. (laughs) I'm still here. (laughs) Sounds like you're getting to that point where that's not necessarily good news. No. No. I woke up Tuesday morning and I seriously thought I was going to be in the hospital by the end of the day. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I'm sure you're better than that. Yeah. Yeah, better better than then, but still yeah, not good. Yeah. Some kind of virus. Yeah. Just some horrible, horrible stomach virus. Ugh. Yeah. Well, if you have to dash, I'll just keep talking as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, Erica and Cooper have uh, a really tenacious cold. They've been sick for almost a week now. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I haven't gotten it yet, knock on wood. Yeah, Richard and I have both had this, and we're just kind of hiding from Kira. Because <laughs> she, well, she's leaving on Sunday for like a big four-day school trip. Uh, so. Uh, wow, that would be torture. Yeah, yeah we're just kind of hiding from her, like hoping she doesn't get it. Mm. <laughs> so I would hate for her to get sick on the trip and I would feel horrible if she had to miss the trip because she's been looking forward to this for months yeah yeah oh geez well maybe you could just I don't know put her in a big boy in a plastic bubble circa 1979 <laughs> yeah yeah I'm thinking about just like getting some bubble wrap and chicken wire and see what I can come up with <laughs> don't forget duct tape yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotta have duct tape. Well, so, uh, geez, interesting week for me. How about you? Um, I mean, other than, other than, you know, other, other than my my input output problems. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, a little bit of interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, any uh. Uh, let's see any housekeeping i don't think we have any housekeeping i've got uh, a couple of couple of uh, uh, more emails of feedback about our sound levels which seem mm-hmm. to be much better um, that's even, good even one person was like wow now now you're too quiet and kelly's too loud i was like all right <laughs> uh, we gotta I, I gotta get this squared away it's really it is you'd think it would be so easy right yeah but, it's so not easy. It's really not easy at all. It's it's. I think it's why it makes so much sense uh, to have a different person mix it. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Back in the, it's just like it's like the it's like a classic joke when you go into the studio with a band and you you mm-hmm. know you record your tracks and then you go into the control room and the engineers running through it. Everybody wants their track turned up more. It's yeah, like, but I, and I don't think it's just an ego thing. It's like uh, I think it you just really it doesn't stand out to you for some reason. So you're like I I can't hear my part. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just seesaw back and forth until everyone leaves, and it won't yeah, matter. Yeah, there you go. 
So. Go back to talking to ourselves. And... Right. <laughs> uh, I promise I'll try. So that's all that I could think of housekeeping wise. Oh, the other thing was I don't know if I don't know if it's worth mentioning this, but I I discovered yesterday that I forgot to update the iTunes feed last week. Oh. So um, if you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have it come through on iTunes. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that. I I'm sure I did it, but. I, maybe I didn't upload it or I didn't save it or I've been having problems with TextMate and, and Transmit. So I'll have to double check uh, this week to make sure that it actually updates. Yeah. But the uh, file was actually available. So if people go to, if you if you can't find it in iTunes in the future, just go to niche.cc slash podcast and, and it'll be there. If it's not there, then we didn't, then, I, then I'm probably still <laughs> working on it. <laughs> If it's not there by Friday at nine Eastern, yeah, yeah. Either either we we ha- well we haven't skipped a week yet, have we? Um, there was one week when I did it really late, like it came out on yeah. Sunday or Monday or something. But uh, I really hate doing that. I hate to release it late because I'm a big podcast listener, and when when you know when I'm expecting yeah. the next skeptoid, I want the next skeptoid. Yeah. Yeah, I think today marks our six month mark. Wow, really? So this this is number twenty six. So I guess that's uh, yeah. I mean, just yeah, it must just be just about yeah. Well, congratulations. We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so I uh, I don't even I don't want to get too meta. Talk about talk about podcasting on a podcast but i just was exposed to stitcher Mm -hmm. which um is not something i've seen before but it looks pretty sweet it's like uh it's like a podcast network for you know non-music audio Mm -hmm. really cool um and i'm also friends with uh with mike mamoff formerly of google but now at um, player.fm is that what it is yeah and uh, he is doing a, a really nice job over there as well. I'm just, I'm like really into, I wonder if it's, if it's that now that we're podcasting, I pay attention to it more, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that's what it is though, because I've always liked podcasts, but I'm, it seems like they're picking up in popularity. Yeah. There may be. It's uh, I, I think audio, I think audio is really, it's a great, um, it's a great format. Yeah, because you can you can listen to something anywhere. You know, you're working out, driving to work, sitting in the office, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a, you know on a conference call. <laughs> 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 but it's it's uh, I think it's it's underappreciated. Um, you know, it's like YouTube is so huge, and uh, but you get something like SoundCloud just taken off like crazy. And you think, well, oh, that's like a lame version of YouTube. You know, it's like YouTube without the video. Yeah, but, well, half the time, half the time when I go to YouTube, I'll start a video and then do something else and just listen to it. Yeah, I I have a hard time doing that. Um, like, like I'll have, like, I listen to the Twit podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole bunch of really good ones. Um, my favorites being probably... Uh, got to be tech news today that's like like if i don't have time to to keep up with stuff i'll just i'll just listen to the first like 15 minutes of tech news today and that pretty much tells you 
if you need to check your feeds or not. And, and they offer audio and video versions. And sometimes if I, you know, like, just like you said, if I turn on the a video version, I can't not watch it. I, I've just, it just sucks me over to the screen. So if I'm like, you know, yeah. get home from work, it's like five 30 or come upstairs from work, I should say. And it's five 30 and like Cooper's bopping around. If I turn on the video podcast, I'm just going to ignore him. It's, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm like a moth. Moth to a flame. Yeah, I gotta have the audio version, and then I can kind of like, and then it can be background, and my my yeah my ear just like picks up on, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, so I don't know, like a camera story. I don't care about that, and, you know, just zone it out for right. a few minutes. Right now, I I can't really watch television or videos anymore. Anyway, I got into the habit of just having them on in the background and and listening while I did something else. Uh, back when it was you know, to the point where I couldn't really see to watch TV. Right. Yeah. So. A little bit different situation. Yeah, yeah. I did. I just I got into the habit then, and I'm having a really hard time breaking it. Mm. Like every now and then, if I'm watching something really interesting, I can I can focus long enough to to actually watch it. But that's kind of rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally know what you mean. Well, I think that I, I'm like I'm thinking about it and talking about it because the um, uh, I can't get the whole like audio augmented reality concept out of my mind and the the you know like people getting their applications ready for the next wave of mobile computing which i believe will be very much audio based input and output mm-hmm. so it, it's funny because i was i had a phone call right before this where i was you know prospective client had some had a project that you know like hey you know we need some mobile web stuff and maybe this or that uh on the back end and and the whole time i'm looking at the thing i was like you know they've got right now they've got a desktop site and it's pretty cool it's 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 pretty well done it's got all this stuff and features and and i'm just looking at it and i'm and i'm like this is really cool and everything but it seems so five years ago <laughs> you know like not not their yeah. I, not their idea but but like a big desktop site app <laughs> yeah you know and th- and that's why they're talking to me because i think they they think the same thing they're they're like we need to we need to mobilize this and we need to do this and that and you know and then they're like right and the back end's all dot net and i was like oh okay bye oh. <laughs> <laughs> see ya <laughs> <laughs> so they say there's an api though so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna talk to the developer maybe i don't have to touch that yeah but but it's just interesting. You should like look at this stuff, and I and I can't stop thinking about the, the sort of future state. I really, I swear, it's going to be here, and like I, I swear, it's going to be here in three years. Yeah, I can't, I can't look at a at a project now without thinking about, okay, well, how is it going to do on mobile? Is this content that should be served by an API so that we can access it, you know, in other mediums? Or I just, I can't approach a project without thinking about those things now. Right. Yeah. I, had a, I have a funny story on that topic. I'm sure the listener will appreciate this. So <laughs> this is this is painful. Uh, so I had got a, a, a contact a while ago, maybe six months ago. Company is like, hey, we've got this. We're the big company. We we've got this big website. We've we're the biggest in our field, and we're thinking about going mobile. And so I go through the whole thing, and I you know they're like looking for a quote, right? So. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, we didn't really hadn't gotten 
to a definite spec, but they had uh, there was a similar kind of application. They said, so take a look at this application. We feel like ours is kind of like that. So how much would that be? And I was like, well, you know, like eighty to a hundred grand. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they like they didn't even get back to me. You know, after I give them a price. So yeah. I was obviously sticker shock. So six months goes by, and I get a frantic email, like you know, like forwarded to me. It wasn't to me, but it was forwarded to me about, you know, like, uh, we lost, you know, I'm really disappointed about this. And there's a link to an app and and in the iTunes, you know, iTunes Mm -hmm. or iPhone app store or whatever. Oh, I think I know which one, which project you're talking about now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know these guys. Oh no, it's not that one. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think you know these guys. This was never, never, you know, never started development or design or anything. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so, you know, one of the dudes at the company is all, you know, down in the mouth because a, a very, very small competitor, not even a competitor, but someone in the same industry who, you know, is like a hundred times smaller. Yeah. Released a total piece of crap application and it that does nothing. It's, it's, it does it nothing that any user would ever want to do it's just it's almost like a placeholder in the app store i'm surprised yeah. i'm surprised it got approved to tell you the truth and so now this company that's like way bigger now they're all like oh we lost on mobile and you know you know what are we going to do and you know this is this is a, a real you know they're just like beating themselves up over it totally dramatic and so i email them back and i go here are a dozen things you could do that would be that would blow that app out of the water. No one would ever use that app if, yeah. you, if you did these twelve things. And I, like, it took me thirty seconds. There's, it was so bad. The application was so bad, and they were charging for it. So it was like a dollar ninety nine app that, that does nothing. That does nothing, and they're and and the 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 nature of the. I don't want to go into the business too much, but the nature of the business um, would make them money if people use their app it should totally be a free app because using the app is going to lead to a purchase that is where they should be making their money so right so it's like number one don't charge for the app right there you win number two you know and i just go down this list of things you know put some features in it that would be users would find (laughs) useful right so so i got on this list and uh and so the so what does the guy do emails me back and he goes uh, that all sounds great, um, but what can we get for five thousand dollars? <laughs> you can get the app that's in the app store. I said you can get a crappy app just like the one that's in the app store. And how much you want to bet? He asked me to do it, just so they can be in there and be like, "Oh, now we're we're competitive." <clears throat> oh, they didn't, did they? No, oh, they did. Not yet. Not yet. Not but yet. I, I promise it's coming. I I, yeah. I said to him, I was like, I emailed back. I was like, I was like, you are not taking mobile seriously you know you're on the one hand you say you're a hundred times bigger than this other company and they you know, and the the five thousand number came from that's how much they thought the other company paid for the other app when they probably did it would probably cost them five thousand yeah. dollars for this crappy little do nothing app that they're charging for yeah if they're a hundred times bigger they should have at least 10 times the budget right at least so I'm like, you guys, they're, they're just being clowns. You know what I mean? But you see it everywhere. It's like, we want, they, they probably spend more money on toilet paper in their offices. Yeah. It's like, I heard, so you reply to one of our other 
you know, company that it's like, you know, we don't need to be worrying about this. You spend more money on paper towels. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, not that toilet paper is not important. I'm just saying, let's put this in perspective. Oh, believe me, I, I can tell you, it definitely is. <laughs> oh my God! So the the point of telling that story is that the, these people are not alone. Like, I get it a lot, where people they're like, we, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like we want to be in the app store, or or not even necessarily be in the app store, but we want to have this sophisticated mobile web experience. And even though they have spent tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars for their existing website and internal desktop software, everybody thinks that to go on mobile is going to be $5,000. Well, because it's smaller. Yeah, it's smaller. It's so much easier. There's just not, there's nothing to it. It's like so much harder. It is so <laughs> much harder than the desktop. And But nobody wants to hear that. Like, well, these these apps are just 99 cents. Like, how hard could it be? And I'm like, you know, you know, you just want to be like, well, go find some kid in college and have yeah. them do it for free and see what you get. Yeah. So it's like, and I feel bad because, because this comp the company and a lot of these companies, they've got budget. If they, if they just realized how important it was and the mm -hmm. uptick they're going to get from having a mobile experience, because that's where everyone's going. That's like where all the traffic is going. Yeah. So your website that you spent a jillion dollars for is just going to get less and less traffic. So. <laughs> yeah, most most things are, you know, it's it's just it's going to go to mobile. You know, people aren't going to people aren't going to sit down at their desktop to look up something. You know, they're not going to they're not going to be, "Oh, well, I should look that up when I get home and and then go home and and look it up." They're going to they're you know, they're going to pull out their phone and yeah, they you know, do do phone. what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and if they can't do it, they're gonna forget. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's frustrating, but it's one of those things that's just gonna work itself out. Where you know there was a time when you'd get resistance for in in the '90s for crying out loud. Yeah. Which doesn't seem that long ago, even though I guess it was. Uh, when people would be like, what do I need a website for? I've got this awesome yeah. like telephone book size catalog that we send out quarterly. Why would I ever <laughs> want a website? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or wait, you, what, you mean I have to pay more than $500 for a website? <laughs> <laughs> no, because my cousin, she set up a website for the um, the Montessori school that her kid goes to, and she did it for like 300 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is This is why I don't work for local clients. Yeah. Just living in a small town, you still get a lot of that. The funny thing is, those jobs are are really hard because the client doesn't know how to deal with a contractor or deal with a project. Yeah. And so you can't get like something really simple, like you know, you email them a link or you ask for a logo or something, and like they they don't even is it's it's just so like pulling teeth the whole time. You're like, oh, this will be this will be. I'll just do this for a favor, for, you know, and it ends up being this nightmare yeah. project yeah you think well it's not a lot of money but it is a very simple site i'll just do it and but but no they they need so much i guess if they don't understand the value of what they're buying it's a it's a good indication that they're going to need a lot of hand holding through the whole process right right so yeah it's one of those things that just fixes itself over time but people are gonna it's just like disruption is going to come from every angle like you look at this, you look at this company that like this, 
the, that I'm talking about, the the little little company that released the junk app, if they iterate on it a couple times, it's not going to be junk. And, right. And then all of a sudden, you know, the big company is going to get caught on their heels and not have the back end ready to do something really awesome. And they could, I mean, right now there's, it's a joke, but you know, they are ahead. Yeah. And they're charging money for it. So when they start making a little money off of it, they're going to have money to put back into it. Exactly. So it's like, you just see it, you see it everywhere. These big companies are afraid of risk and these little companies aren't because they have nothing to lose. Right. And they also don't have massive legacy systems and they can just build stuff from scratch and be like, you know, if they can make, you know, enough money to pay three people full time, then all of a sudden they're a contender. Right. Because, you know, a small company, the smaller you are, the less money you have to make to be profitable. Yeah. It's uh, it's a return to the mom and pop age, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I really believe that, actually. I think the I think the yeah. 80s big box store <laughs> thing is, uh, I think that pendulum is swinging back all these fun little curated e-commerce sites. It's like so easy to sell stuff online now. It's like yeah, anybody with anything cool can just put up a store and jump on social media and Pinterest or something and be like, bang sales. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny part is these, you know, the, the big companies could still be doing it. They're just, they don't seem, I don't know. It's like you said, they don't, I'm not sure that it's, I'm not sure that they misunderstand or, or misrepresent misinterpret the value of it but it's i don't know yeah like the, the the budgets aren't there they're they're not willing to uh, they still i feel like they still kind of see it as an afterthought yeah i mean i i see one major problem in the larger organizations there's the 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 general one is that they just can't move fast because they are set up to be they're just set up in a way that doesn't move quickly Right. It's like meetings, meetings, meetings. Uh, the people who are in a position to make a decision about a project like this are too busy to talk about it, so their underlings all have to <laughs> fight about it. Then it turns into, a, and since it's a new thing, it turns into a, a turf war because everybody wants to own it. Right, and, and they don't have anyone within the company that's that's really really set up to to own it, so they have to have to find or or make or rearrange, and you end up with like the marketing department gets it, or the IT department, or. Mm-hmm. But but nobody wants to pay for it. Like IT yeah. want, IT wants to own it, but they want marketing to pay for it, and that's not going to work. And then you get this weird like fight between. I'm always doing retail stuff, so you get this fight between the bricks and mortar retail people and the dot com retail people because mobile bridges that gap. And it's like, um, okay, who owns the customer database? <laughs> yeah. And that that just does never gets resolved because the the two senior VPs are financially incentivized to compete with each other so yeah. it's like it's they're not going to cooperate why would they to me this is why customer service is so bad also because it's not it's no one owns it it's like its own thing and they have to address the issues of all the different departments mm-hmm. so it turns into this like you know disaster this like useless <laughs> war of attrition between the customers <laughs> and the company. Yeah. Yeah. So you're better off bitching about it on Twitter, having someone take care of it there. Actually, that's that's very true. I've had I've I've contacted customer service about issues 
many times and never gotten it resolved and I make one angry tweet and it's fixed. Yeah. Thanks. I've actually I've actually had that happen with the phone company here. So nice. The power coursing through your yeah. hands. <laughs> I did I did this I was in a hotel in uh London and the the internet is just f and and I was like I paid I paid a lot for you. Know, I'm in the room and I paid it was like it was like I want to say it was like 20 pounds for mm -hmm. 24 hours of internet. And, uh, that is was, a lot. Yeah. It's like 30 bucks. And, uh, and I, you know, get on and it was just like dog slow. It was like edge speeds. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is, and it was, I tweeted something like, um, I tweeted something like, uh, you know, I, you should be it. Cause on the login page, no hotel, no hotel gives you like a guaranteed minimum speed. Like nobody tells you how good the internet is before you pay for it. You just yeah. assume it's good enough. Right. And uh, I was like, this should be, you know, it should at least tell you that you can expect some degree of performance, uh, you know, for this amount of money when you think about it. Uh -huh. And so I said, I said a tweet to that effect. And then I was like, hotel name fail. And the next morning, you know, so they, of course they tweet me back and forth and, immediately and uh it was a little snarky though the guy asked for my uh guy asked for my customer number i'm like i don't know what my customer number is i was like i've got my i'm like you have my name you know what hotel i'm in how many jonathan yeah. starks can be there you know yeah you figure it out why do i have to yeah. do the work yeah and uh i just kind of left it at that i probably had a couple of glasses of wine too so i was feeling feisty <laughs> hitting up the mini bar oh yeah yeah i had to draw my sorrows with no internet yeah yeah so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, thank God I had enough internet to tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So long story there's short, a, there's, a, there's always SMS. Yes, there is. Well, I was in London though. That would have been oh. more than the internet. <laughs> so yeah, sure enough, piece of paper slides under my door, refunded. Nice. It was funny to like tweet something and have a physical action take place. Like I tweeted yeah. something and then a piece of paper slid under my door. <laughs> that's that's freaky. Yeah. yeah, I still I still want like the vacuum tube system like they have at the bank for taking your thing at the drive through. Totally. I want to be able to order something off of Amazon and then foomp. <laughs> They're working on it. Oh man, the great great quote from Jeff Bezos was like, he's like. You know the number one the number one customer service request we get is where's my stuff yeah and he was like and the best way to solve that is to just get people their stuff faster right you know like the problem isn't putting more customer service people on it or or making a tracker system it's like get people their stuff <laughs> yeah get them get them their stuff quickly enough so that they don't worry about it right and if you look at it yeah. as a if you look at trying to deal with if you look at customer service as a cost right mm -hmm. as it is and then better shipping as a solution to that yeah it's like yeah. right like why should i pay for better shipping when, like why should i pay for faster shipping when it's going to save amazon customer service money with me right. not calling them so right. it kind of i don't Although know i do pay them 70 dollars a year <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a that's probably if I was gonna that Prime membership is like gold. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about it. I'm afraid they're gonna raise the price. Yeah, because if they did, I would I would still keep it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It's awesome. Oops, 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 let's let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, it comes with, it comes with a lot of video content too. So. 
Yeah, I was like, I thought it was, everyone kind of was like, thought that was really weird because Prime, Amazon Prime was all about shipping at first. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you get access to a ton of free videos. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, that's, I guess that's cool. Thanks. But, you know, then all of a sudden the Kindle Fire comes out and also Amazon on Roku and Amazon everywhere mm-hmm. else. And it's like, I haven't paid for, I've, I've watched like four seasons of Fringe for free. We've been watching Downton Abbey for free. You yeah. Know, I mean, way, way, I mean, if these were $1.99 a pop, it would have spent yeah. way yeah. more than $70. Way more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, I wonder how much longer it's going to be. If you get an Amazon Prime subscription, they send you a Kindle, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I actually thought that that would happen in this last announcement. Yeah, I, th- I thought so, too. Yeah. It would not have surprised me at all. Yeah, the $59 Kindle, I thought it was going to be free. Yeah, free with Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And ad-supported. Yeah. I guarantee, it's like a matter of time. That Kindle's going to be free. There will be a free tier. So, but we've, so speaking of Twitter, um, there's like, there's like, it seems like an exodus of, of early adopters slash developers going to app.net. Yeah, I noticed you had been giving it a little bit more attention lately, and I was thinking about going back and looking at it again myself. Right. So, so it's funny because a whole bunch of things happened at once to make me do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know initially you weren't too impressed with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that I'm. I was like, why, why not stay on Twitter? Like, why move? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's like a cleaner interface, but it does basically all the same stuff. Uh, it lets you have 256 characters instead of 140, which I actually don't like. Um, yeah. There's something haikuish about the 140 character limit that I love. Um, and and actually, there's another reason I don't like it that I'll get to. But so it, for for uh, the listener, if you're not familiar with it, App.net is like a paid Twitter, uh, and I think I think I might have funded it uh, through Kickstarter or something. I yeah, I did too. I don't remember paying for it. Um, but anyway, uh, so I had an account, you had an account, and there was like no one on there, and the only people that were on there were talking about app.net. It's, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, what do you talk Ow. about? Sorry, I just got bit. <laughs> that's a that's a tough virus. No, it's, it's the cat. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So yeah, so the so it was kind of like, ah, uh, well, you know, there's like 10,000 people on here, which might sound like a lot, but it's really not. And it's like, meh, well, okay, cool. I, I secured the dope. I secured my name on the social media site, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then a whole bunch of things happened, which is this is going to turn into a long conversation, so. <laughs> it's okay. I'm interested in hearing it. So. <laughs> yeah. So my site got hacked on saturday yes so i've got a couple forever i've had like two or three uh dedicated servers with godaddy and when that whole debacle happened with sopa a while back i you know i moved like a couple hundred domain names off of godaddy and i moved a couple i think i moved one server away from them Uh, but i had my main website the jonathanstark.com site was hosted there as was hatch and a couple of other things niche as a matter of fact and and so i come walking around target this is this is uh definitely not 
father of the year nomination material. <laughs> but uh, so we're walking around Target and Cooper's playing in the truck aisle. And uh, as I will sometimes do in that case, I pulled out my phone and I had just at BDConf the week before I had like live redesigned my site. Yeah. And so I was still poking around to see if, you know, if I had missed any like, you know, like, oh, I forgot to style the block quotes or whatever, you know, like I'm like poking around right. looking for CSS errors and I find one. So I go, okay, I'm standing in the, in the Thomas, the train aisle in Target. And uh, I open up prompt on my iPhone, which is a panics SSH client. Mm-hmm. Really good. If anybody, if anybody feels like SSHing around the internet from their phone, I can highly recommend that app. And uh, so I go, you know, I SSH to my server and I knew that I had, I had done this a couple of times recently. So I up arrowed to see my recent, uh, to, you know, sort of scroll through my command history. And there's a bunch of commands in there that I didn't type. Mm. Like stuff I didn't even know what it did. Right. So I was like, it, it was like, it was like somebody broke into my house. I was like, oh no. And I'm like looking at him like, all right, wait a minute. Could I, and I thought like, does Kelly have access to this server? You know, or like, but you don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't have access to that one. Right. And then I was like, did I SSH into the wrong server? Did did somebody from GoDaddy Engineering go in there to do maintenance on the server? Like, what could this possibly be? And, you know, and you know when you SSH into something, it says where you last logged in from. Yeah. And it was like some site and, you know, that, that I went to and they must have like, you know, hacked into that machine too because it made no sense the machine it was like some hmm. real estate website and uh and so i'm go- I'm scrolling through the stuff and they had downloaded some stuff that looked really bad like they downloaded a jpeg and then unzipped it <laughs> uh yeah that's that's a bad sign right there <laughs> that's not good and uh they and the two files they touched were my sshd config and my ssh mm-hmm. config so i was like I was like, okay, the server is dead to me, and I just shut. Yeah. It, I just shut it off. So you know, like, so my site was down, niche was down, and uh, hatch. Those three were down. So there I am, sitting in Target with like my website down, which is not the greatest feeling. It's kind of like having your pants yeah. down. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, whatever. I can't. There's no way I can like do. So. I I almost called you actually, but I was like, nah, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> so no but it sure feels like it it does yeah it really does you just feel yeah, I feel all those 404s or whatever yeah i totally would have understood if you'd called me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know i needed to like spelunk around in there i did the one thing i did do was i um i i uh uh echoed my entire history into a text file in case mm-hmm. i i couldn't believe like the stuff that the the person who who the hacker i guess um he only ran about 10 commands but two of them were 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 to run executables that he had downloaded yeah so i don't know you know so who knows what all happened but there was some stuff i could see so i was like all right uh let me let me grab that so i can at least get an idea of what might be going on Mm um you know but i was surprised that the person didn't cover their tracks you know, it was obviously a sophisticated coder. Yeah. Yeah, so. but didn't think to keep it out of the bash history. Right. It's really weird because it's so easy to do. I know. <laughs> I, it almost made me nervous. Like, Yeah. 
So I was like, just shut the thing down. So I shut it down. And uh, when I, so blah, 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 long story short, I was yeah. like, I'm just moving everything off this machine. I yeah. did, I had backups. Um, so, so I never, and I never did find out exactly what, um, what the point of the hack was. So mm-hmm. I, I checked my bandwidth and my bandwidth was actually super it had gone up to like from you know i was hovering around like like a gig a no i don't even know like less than a gig of traffic a day yeah and then it went up to like 17 gigs a day wow yeah so i'm assuming that it was just like a bit torrent some yeah bit, must have had bit torrent files on there somewhere or I also found a file that he downloaded that was uh, smtp.tgz. So I was like, hmm. And that was my web root, oddly enough. So I was like, huh, I wonder if... Using it for a s- spam, s- spam, spam mail, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose either... I mean, I suppose if you were just constantly sending out spam, like every second, then maybe that could that be that much bandwidth. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like some kind of automated... Spam bot. Yeah. So regardless, I was like, I, I took the thing down. I brought it back up a couple times, and then I would like, you know, I learned some new commands, like how to look around and see if who was logged in and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But anyway, so um, so the situation that I, I really didn't learn anything from that. They must have gotten my password somehow. Everybody that everybody that I talked to about it said asked me the same thing. Do you have WordPress installed? I was like, yeah. They're like, that's yep. what, that's what happened. And it's and in fact it was a really old version of WordPress that I never upgraded, even though it constantly nagged me because there were security updates. But yeah, I had a I had a site for that was a WordPress site that was hacked this week. I don't how do they do that? Like like how? Um, looking through the logs and what have you, I think it was I think it was a plugin. Oh, that makes sense. A security vulnerability in a plugin, and not actually in WordPress itself. Right. God, so it, it turned out to be a plugin we were no longer using anymore. It was just still there on the server. So I you know I deleted it and but, and then went in and went in and disabled some some PHP functions that allow file system access that WordPress doesn't need and and banned a couple of suspicious IP addresses in the server log and you know, so hopefully that took care of it. Oh I see. So they're basically sending rogue PHP in through a web browser through thing. through it yeah through an insecure plugin jesus yeah so yeah i mean that that kind of makes sense um okay anyway so so but the point the 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 outcome though was that i was like all right uh i've got aws server over here i'm gonna you know just put put all these files there so first i put all my static files on and then i was like all right, now the blog. I'm not going to use WordPress again because I've been wanting to move off it anyway. Not because yep. not because I don't like it so much. It's just total overkill for like you know a single right. single author blog with no comments. You know, not. This is just like you know. I was like, this is a perfect time for me to switch over to Margot. Yeah. So uh, I did that, and uh, so the combination of things happened. So now. Um, I've moved off of WordPress. I've got Margo installed so I can just like write markdown files and upload them to a directory and bang, they're there. 
and uh, Hatch, which is my the app that I use to schedule all my tweets, mm-hmm. that was down and it needs a database and that's going to take more time to put back up. So I haven't done it yet. So now my whole uh, oh, and one other thing was that uh, I've been I've just been getting uncomfortable lately with how much I've been posting on other you know kind of sharecropping content onto Twitter and YouTube and. Um, other other social media sites, and I wanted to start keeping more control over that on my own site. Yeah. So all this stuff happened at work. My Twitter work, my uh, Twitter workflow was broken because of Hatch, and and Twitter's making all these API changes that stink, and uh, and uh, you can't use Twitter as a trigger anymore on if this then that. So I was right. Like, I'm like screw these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, so that's all of that led up to me being like, ah, oh, I'm going to take a look at app.net again because app.net does still have triggers on IFTT and I can cross easily just set up a script that cross posts everywhere. Right. If I'm posting to app.net, but you can't do it if you're posting to Twitter. Right. Because they've, they've removed it. Right. Which is just, it's silly because it's just, everyone's just going to get around it. It doesn't, you know what I mean? You can't stop it. So, so, I mean, people are going to, they're going to get their stuff there anyway. There's, I mean, what Twitter wants, I assume, is to be able to show ads to people. And turning off trigger access isn't going to do that. But I suppose it maybe will take some load off of their servers. So anyway, the, the, so the, I have this, like, because of this hack giving me a little bit of, just a little bit of motivation, I've completely changed, like, my workflow and the way that... Um, basically the way I like share content online it's like totally changed in four days (laughs) so and I already like it a lot better it's really easy to just type up a you know three paragraph markdown file leave it on my desktop until I get around to it and then yeah this is finished and just upload it and then my RSS feed automatically updates because of Margo and uh, IFTTT or I don't know what what do people call that IFT (laughs) yeah I don't know IFT3 um, but then that it sees the, it sees the new blog post in my RSS feed. It posts it on app.net and then everything that I post to app.net automatically goes to Twitter also. So I just upload a file and then it goes out to app.net and Twitter automatically and anything nice. else. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, but yeah, so I may, I may have to take advantage of that. Mm. So, and then the other thing that really nailed it really, really put the last nail in the Twitter coffin. For, well, not that I won't use Twitter anymore, but I'm giving app.net a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, is that uh, uh, TapBots just released a killer iOS client for uh, app.net. So it's, Yeah, I saw your tweet about it. <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice. So it's like, wow. Because that, that was one of the downsides of app.net is that the, the web client wasn't great. And... Uh, you know, I wish it was because that's all I really mm-hmm. want. But so I got to set up some set up maybe a couple of things to really make it useful, like uh, get Hatch back up, pointed at app.net. Yeah. And maybe a bookmarklet or a Chrome extension to like take the current page and, and post it. But so very, uh, very interesting. I guess the takeaway for the listener is is mostly about twitter being silly with their api it's like if you're not going to be interoperable if you don't want to play nice with others then no one's going to play with you yeah because developers are just leaving 
like they keep they keep locking down the API more and more. Mm. I saw a tweet yesterday that was so hilarious. It was basically like uh it was basically like um uh you know, when your users now uh, have to when they're getting OAuth, they have to pick what their favorite big grab Doritos chip flavor is before they get, <laughs> before you get yeah. redirected back to your site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you can now pay to pay Facebook to promote your personal posts. Yeah, to seven, your friends. Seven bucks. Seven bucks to promote your post to your friends, which yeah. is just that's just that's just all kinds of pathetic. I mean, if I need to pay seven dollars for my friends to see something I'm doing. Are they really my friends? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that. I read about that, and they're like, "Well, it'll be. It's for like garage sales, you know, and like you don't want people to miss that." It's like, what the? I don't know. I'm sure. That, people yeah, will that's pay. for my for my three friends on Facebook that actually live in my town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> well, maybe they're gonna have a garage sale plugin where you can sell a, a little mini eBay. Yeah, mini eBay on Facebook. I don't know. It's getting weird. I mean, I, I obviously Twitter is an institution, but it it jumped the shark for sure. And it's just like, you know, there's so much spam on there and it's just like uh yeah. It's 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 totally mainstream. You know, it's been mainstream for a long time and it's just not uh it's not friendly to the the people who brought it, you know, the one who brought it. Mm -hmm. so. And I mean, you know, I guess that's always going to happen if something gets popular enough. But I, I personally really like the idea of a smaller community of developers. So yeah, you know, it feels like it feels like it feels like it should be GitHub. Yeah. But and Geeklist is pretty. I'm digging. I'm kind of digging Geeklist, but I'm. Yeah, me too. But I, I mean, I haven't had time to get into it too much. Right. But I'm kind of liking, kind of liking it. Yeah, it has the right attitude. Yeah. So, but the thing about app.net that I really <clears throat> like is that it's it's paid. So, you know, it's not they're not going to do all this like subtle stuff and sometimes not so subtle stuff to try and get you to see ads. Like they don't have yeah. to worry about that. It's like right. it's like the same reason I like Squarespace. They're just not they don't mess with that. It's like here's a quality product, pay for it. Right. So it's tricky, obviously, with a social network because you need a lot of people in order for it to be useful. But, um, you know, they they figured that out by doing the Kickstarter thing and they started off right. with like 10,000 users. So that's enough right. to get going. So. So that was the that's the big takeaway, I think, for the listeners that have an API, play nice with others, be interoperable. And if, you need and, to make, and if you need to make money, make a quality product that yeah, people will pay for. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, I, I there's a sort of famous quote floating around the internet, like, uh, I, I wish I could remember who it was from, but I'm sure the listener knows or can Google it, that, uh, you know, the best programming minds of my generation are trying to figure out how to get people to click on ads. Yeah. You know, it's like, what a waste. Yeah, just, just build better software that no one, you know, that people don't mind paying for. Mm. It's pretty pretty easier said than done when there's always someone yeah. with a free ad supported version. But yeah, but I I believe that there is, uh, you know, if you're not, I don't know, I believe that there's plenty of room for that, and that the ad stuff is just like it's so annoying. 
I mean, look at iOS. There's almost yeah. tons of ad. There's tons of apps that are like, here's the free version with ads, or you can pay one ninety nine to get the ad free version. Yeah. I always get the ad free version. <laughs> right. I don't want to. Right. See if that. it's if it's reasonably if it's reasonably priced and a quality product, you know, I I don't mind at all paying to paying to get an ad free version. Yeah. Exactly. So I just, I feel like there's space there. I think we're going to see more and more of that people charging for access to the APIs or charging like, I mean, like Amazon, I think Amazon has it down where it's like, here's this huge, useful free tier of services on AWS. Mm -hmm. And then when we do start charging, it's incredibly reasonable. Yeah. You know, like the mail, the mail thing is just like, it's silly how reasonable it is. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the approach. It's like I guess it's a freemium model, but yeah, sending sending mail through Amazon is so cheap that I don't know why anyone would need to hack your GoDaddy server to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they could do it for pennies on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. So what else? Ah. Uh... Seems like there was something else, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. I noticed. I noticed something that I thought was worth mentioning. I suppose uh, mm-hmm. was that as I was, um, I I definitely am not. A, I'm not a designer. Not a Photoshop guy. That it's not interesting to me. I just suck at it. So, um, the way that I tend to design sites is that I'll throw a design up and then I'll like come back to it, you know, while I'm at Target or wherever. periodically and just sort of let it hit me you know Mm -hmm. get with a little bit of a more fresher uh viewpoint because after after i stare at it for like three hours i'm like i I can't i this is fine right right and then i like open it up two days later and i'm like "Ooh, that red is way too red or whatever (laughs) and uh so i i've been doing that and like making small iterations on my site design and i it's still nothing to write home about but I noticed that um, it uh, small, very small changes to uh, some of the typography and borders make a massive difference. Yes. It's like huge. And, and it's funny because normally I would think, oh, I need to put some images in here and have like a carousel and like gallery or something and like a yeah. bunch of logos or I don't know. It's I just... Usually I think like images, you know, like I need to put images in here, but man, let me tell you, it was, uh, it was just huge, like changing the font for the headings and just like little things like that. Yeah. The little details. Yeah. Your site looks really good. I like it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's better. It's, uh, it's, so there's, there's this thing that I'm kind of wrestling with at really large widths. Cause I, you know, this design was totally mobile first mm-hmm. and you know so started from there and it's funny because even though i completely have drunk the kool-aid on mobile first a lot of times i'll be looking at the at the site on a desktop and i'll tweak it at the desktop level and forget that i shouldn't have done that like i'll tweak it yeah i should have done that piece in the media queries and not in the uh in the main part of the css right and I'm getting more and more into this concept of of actually organizing my CSS uh, a little differently. I think we talked about this last week, where I, like colors and typography be like in one place. 
and that and that stuff isn't going to change other than the font sizes probably is not going to change that much um, yeah and then start worrying about positioning and floats and all of that stuff in the media queries uh, but the the uh let me pull it up actually yeah i think we did talk about this some last week yeah that's that's why i like less is it just yeah yeah less i i i need to oh right right because we talked about um code kit and all that but yeah so if you like i just added a teeny little um like in the header there's a red horizontal line at the very top and then it looks like it has a shadow but that's actually just a black border Mm -hmm. and if you take that off you take that little black border off it looks like crap (laughs) (laughs) it's unbelievable the difference that makes and then obviously you know the type i changed the type completely but if you if you zoom it down um you know to a really narrow width that's the that's the base design so the thing is when you scroll it way big like 1200 1300 1400 pixels wide i most people, most responsive designs you'll see, they, they stop getting bigger around 900,000 pixels. 900,000? 900. 900, <laughs> yeah, usually they stop right around there. Yeah. Yeah, when you see them at the Super Bowl. Yeah, if, it, if it's in the Jumbotron, you know. <laughs> 900,000 pixels wide. So, so that sounds like a title. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't, I don't like that. And I, it's funny because I think that doing that is a holdover from the old school design, you know, mm-hmm. desktop design. Everybody does it. I think even. Yeah, yourself, I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at a certain point, you kind of like you give up and you're like, oh, it, would, it should never be wider than this. Right. Yeah. Like I stop at 960 on some stuff, but really, you know, I could I could see going going larger. Right. Because because. You know, if you really, you know, I, if I'm really going to buy into this responsive design everywhere thing, you know, I've tested this on on pretty much every popular device that you can think of, including TVs. Mm-hmm. And on a TV, if if it stops at 960, you can't read it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it really responsive design if if you basically give up at 960 pixels? I don't think so. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, I understand why though, because I don't really like the way it looks on a laptop. So it's like, er, what's the, uh, you know, cause the text is kind of huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if there was, you know, if there was some way to distinguish between looking at it on a laptop with a, you know, a 1600 pixel wide screen or looking at it on a TV. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep messing around with it. Um, cause the, the TV thing is, I think the TV resolution is like, I don't know what it is. It's bigger than 800 by 600, but not by much. Is it like 1080? I, yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. Oh, is that, it's 1080p. Is that the, uh, is that actually pixels? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah. I think it is 1080p. So that would, that would probably explain it. I don't know. So I'm still playing around with it, but, um. But man, I'm just really, really happy with the the concept of, um, you know, starting with those just small, small bit of CSS and uh, semantic HTML, starting with a small size and working your way up. It's just, and then, and then next thing, worry about typography and colors, 
and I don't know. It just works. Yeah. I think it works great. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, kind of layer it like that. Yeah. Your site looks really good on my phone. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's where I've tested the most. Right. Yeah. So I went back and forth about, about, I originally the phone design just totally hid the sidebar, but now I have it bumping down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I might change that. I can't decide if I like that or not, but because it makes all the pages wicked long. Yeah, I like it on the main page. I don't know if you need it on the subsequent pages. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And that would be easy to do, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I will go with that. So at least you have access to that information. Because so, I didn't want to like create a dedicated page for that data because it's already there. Right. Right. No, I like it on the main page. Cool. Yeah, that make, that's a really good idea. Yeah, this is, this is the first time I've looked at it on the phone. Oh, cool. So, I mean, I knew you didn't. I knew you didn't like a mobile first approach, but I haven't actually bothered to look at it on the phone yet until just now. So. Mm. Yeah, I think it looks a lot better on the phone than it does on the desktop. But it's funny when you think about things that designers would, you know, because I used to be a, a production designer. I used to have to do like Quark Express and and InDesign and that kind of stuff way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And you'd worry about, you know, you'd put soft returns to to get rid of orphans or whatever. And that's just like, I mean, like that notion now is just so like, like, how do you, there's no way to handle that now because if the, the screen can resize to any width, like the concept of widows and orphans makes no, makes no sense. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, has no, has no relevance. Right. If the user doesn't like the way the paragraph looks, they can just resize the window. Yeah. You know, that control is at the user level, not at the designer level. I suppose you could. I suppose you could do something with like a jQuery plugin that put a non-breaking space at the end of every. I don't know. I don't know why bother, but. Yeah. So I, there was a really good quote that I that is on this topic that I don't think we talked about previously, but. Um, uh, Chris Coyer, who's like a CSS, you know, guru. Uh, at BDConf, he said, you know, HTML is responsive by default. And it's just so funny to think about that because it's so true. It's like CSS, mm -hmm. CSS is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? It's like us wanting to mess around with it is the problem. Like if you write a semantic HTML site, it's, it, you're done. Yeah. It just doesn't look the way you want. Yeah. It's when you start adding the CSS that it gets, you know, you run into problems at different display resolutions. Right, right. So then you're like, right, because then you start messing around with pixels and positioning and all that. So it's funny to think that really you're causing your own problem with CSS and that if you, uh, it, and that's kind of what I was getting at when I was like, you know, when I do a site, first it's like the HTML, make sure the content in the HTML is structured the way I want. And then the very first thing I do is start playing with fonts and uh, not not position, not padding, not margin, none of that. I just change the fonts. I change the color of the foreground and the background, different sections, till I get it roughly where I want it. And then I'll start messing around with floating a sidebar over or whatever, or putting in a carousel right. or whatever the, the funny business is that you're going to do. Um, so I just thought it was, it was funny to think of that as a... Uh, as a uh, you know, like that we're causing the, the whole yeah, time. we're we're creating the problem, and then we have to try and find a solution for it. Right. <laughs> when the solution is not to do what we just did, but right, right. But at the same time, that's not really, you know, 
acceptable. Right. And so it begs the question, maybe browser defaults shouldn't be so ugly. Yeah. Like, why is it still like this ugly times with this harsh blue links? Like, why does that have to be like that? Yeah. Like, why can't the browser defaults be nicer? Yeah. And so now think about, think about that and then think about all of the work that you do on sites, dear listener, and then think about readability or um, read it later or, you know, Flipboard. And yet really, I mean, it's, I suppose it's one thing if you are a designer and you're trying to showcase your services, you know, kind of like, you know, look how awesome my site is now hire me to design your site. Yeah. But in general... I think a lot of the the time and effort that people are putting into designs is like totally misplaced because someone's either just going to read it in their RSS reader or they're going to see it in Flipboard or they're going to throw your design away completely by clicking one button in their browser to convert it into something that's super duper readable, which your site probably isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, in the, the, uh, the NetBot application, that's the, uh, the uh, app.net, that mm -hmm. native app it has integrated um readability uh, uh it has readability integrated directly inside the application so if somebody in a in a post links to your site you know they tap on the link it slides over it doesn't open in a browser and you just have this setting where just everything automatically f formats the site as readability right so you're never gonna no one's ever gonna see your design in, you're just going to read the content. Yeah, it's just no one, no one, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. you're showing off your design skills for some reason. Like if you're Chris Coyer, you know, his site has to look amazing because that's his job. Right. But I'm not a designer. My site doesn't have to look amazing. Like it, when I designed the uh, Jonathan's Card site, I, I mm -hmm. as closely as possible, ripped off uh, Apple's readability. You know, like when you're in Safari and you click on uh, Reader in the URL bar. Mm -hmm. And it reformats the page. I just, I was like, you know, I, I said, okay, Georgia, 18 point, you know, 21 pixel line height. I just wanted to make it as readable as possible. I didn't want to spend time right. on the design. And, uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny to, to think about, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole... And it's it's funny for me too because I, I agree with you and I, you know, design is what I studied in school. But mm -hmm. and and I do a fair bit of design in addition to the development. But I think people spend. I don't want to give the impression that design's not important, but I think there are a lot of cases where it's just, uh, you know, being being original and being beautiful doesn't matter. Mm. what what matters is not you know the the whole point of design is not about it's not about looking good it's about solving a problem and yeah. when you're when you're talking about a website that problem is readability mm -hmm. yeah and and and, and accessibility yeah there's t there's a lot of so I, I think the the debate and i think this is a pretty common online debate about the difference between design and decoration Mm -hmm. And the a lot of times, the thing that I that bugs me is the decoration, which gets in the way of the site design, or, you know, the the actual usability of the site. So, if, you know, uh, if someone is just showing off, basically, it becomes like 
okay, I, I, I just want to, I don't want to see this. It's distracting from the reason I'm here. Right. And then of course you got the whole ad thing. Like if, you know, that's another reason to, to want to use like readability or something like it. It's just suppress the ads. But there's also, yeah. we've talked about before, just the, just terrible, um, this kind of anti-pattern of gray text on a gray background. Yeah. Which is infuriating. Hopefully mine's, I have really thin text, but hopefully it's contrasty enough that you can read it. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't know, that's good enough for me then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the meter by which we judge how well, how accessible things are. Yeah. Can Kelly see it? Yeah. <laughs> You're my bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, but so the the uh, the uh, one of the exciting things about having been pushed off of that GoDaddy server is that now I have my blog and my actual site navigation because I was able to integrate the design. Right. Uh, with the yeah. same CSS. So, and I changed. And I thought about. I thought about whether or not I should really do this, but I changed the way the URL structures are. Mm -hmm. in the blog so that uh, with WordPress, they automatically have like year, month, day, and then the title. Yeah. And I never liked that. And um, I, I, it's totally, to me, it was totally irrelevant. I mean, I realize they're doing it to create a namespace so that you can have the same title more than once. Yeah. But I don't like that either. Like it shouldn't be the same title more than once in, you know, in my mind. So it's like, it's like, you know, I get pulled the dates out of there and then I run this huge, huge um bunch of redirects in my ht access file for the old posts but i just i like the url structure so much better now when it's just because now you can remember just, it just the post title yeah yeah you don't have to try and remember what month was that or yeah <laughs> yeah right so just totally simplified it yeah and it makes it makes a lot shorter links for sharing too Mm-hmm. absolutely so that was a, that was a, you know, I'm kind of a fan of the, uh, cool links don't change concept, but mm -hmm. my, my links weren't cool before. So <laughs> now they're cool. They won't change now. Yes. Yes. Now they won't change. Yeah. I've, oh, I've been tempted to get off of Tumblr so many times, but yeah, well, I mean, you know, just. You know, Tumblr's a pretty simple platform. It's not hurting anything by being there. Right. It's just, it's just, you know, like it's it's more than I need. <laughs> right. No, I mean, if my site didn't get hacked, if my server didn't get hacked, I never would have left WordPress. Yeah. And, and then even though you've been wanting to forever, it's just inertia. Right. Effort. Right. And it was funny because part of the part of the, um, I, I can I can tell already that blogging feels a little bit different even though before what i would do was i would write the post in uh text meet and then i mm -hmm. would convert you it's know like as paste, markdown. Like paste it into yeah 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 i'd write it as markdown and convert it to html inside of text meet and just paste it in and then like you know click a few buttons in the interface but just that it's funny like what a tiny little bit of friction will add and it's just, it's not my normal workflow. I never liked the interface because I've got, I've got an older, very old version of WordPress. I never liked the admin interface. It just gives me a bad feeling every time. So like yeah, avoiding I, it is is easy. Yeah, I don't like WordPress's interface at all. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's more me than WordPress, but I just, I don't think it's, 
I don't I don't like it. It's low contrast. It's I don't know. I just I just don't like it. I never have. Yeah. I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind the new one that much, but I didn't have the new one and I wasn't going to upgrade to it, so Yeah, it's 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 nothing right home about. I don't like Squarespace either. I just don't like t- I don't like typing into a web browser for some reason. I like, you know, like I'm a total text editor guy. Yeah. So not to go off on another tangent, but speaking of text editors, I uh, I think you know I took the plunge with Sublime Text too. Yes. And uh, and it's funny because some things, like I can really see why people love it. It's it's got some great stuff in it, and now that I've been using it for like a week or two, it's um, you know, I'm getting a little bit better at getting around. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things that um couple of things that you really need to know and and once you do you're like oh my god I could you know for certain things I would not ever use another application yeah like the the fuzzy searching yes that's awesome oh it's amazing and the the uh, text completion is amazing it's way better than TextMate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the now the flip side though is I find that when I want to when I'm writing code or markup or CSS I want to use sublime text but when I'm just writing, I hate it. It's hmm. like, it's too like if I'm writing a, an art, a magazine article, mm-hmm. it's too the interface is way too noisy. Like, uh, have you tried the distraction-free mode? Uh, I I did, but I don't. I, that just went full screen. It doesn't it doesn't change the does it change the highlighting? Uh, I don't know if it changes the highlighting, but it hides most of the interface and goes full screen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not that. That's not, that's not the part that bothers me. It's the way, like, as you're moving the cursor around and, like, selecting things. Jeez. <laughs> yo, daddy, yo. <laughs> um, as you're moving around the inter- the cursor around, like, and you highlight something, it's like, it selects all over the place. And it's like, every time you select text, it shows all the invisibles. And it's just really, which is great when you're coding. But when I'm just yeah. writing prose, it's it's super distracting. Yeah, I may have mine set up slightly different. I want. I should. I mean, if I could change that, then maybe it would be different. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll send you my config file and you can compare. Oh, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, so when I'm so far, what I've been doing is when I'm writing Markdown, I use, still am using TextMate, and when I use, uh, when I want to use, do some coding, and I need it basically, basically, it's it's the auto completion and like being able to yeah. navigate around the file with. The, the keyboard is just amazing. Yeah, I have a couple of, I have a few, I've made a few customizations to mine too. Um, <clears throat> like I have a, I have a little block cursor plugin because I hated not, not having a block cursor. Mm. It's just, it's so much easier to see than a, like a one pixel wide line or whatever it is. Right. And um, the, um, I changed a couple of graphics too, like the little indi- the little indicators at the top of the file that denote whether or not or the tab that denote whether or not a file is unsaved. Um, I changed that to be a little more obvious, and um, cool. I've got a couple of uh, actually I've got a few different code linters oh. installed, so so they're they're handy. Like when I'm, you know, it'll it'll linter code whenever you save and and highlight lines with errors. Awesome, yeah, definitely send me that. It's, it's, I mean, there's some stuff in the thing that is just totally amazing. And, and it's mostly to do with that fuzzy search stuff. Cause you yeah. can like go straight, you can like search inside of other files and inside the project and just open them instantly, be where you want to be. And 
is like awesome for code. Yeah, I think I've got a I think I've got a bash alias set up too. That's the equivalent of the the textmates mate command for the command line. Mm-hmm. To like to like open the current directory. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. The other thing, oh, the other thing that blew me away was the it was how easy it is to install bundles or whatever they're called. Yeah, they're packages. Packages, you just like yeah. <laughs> it's like stupid simple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, had, and and, the, and then there's a package manager plugin to make it even easier. Yeah, that's well, that's yeah, that's, yeah. I installed that one manually, and then you just like, <laughs> it's like crazy easy. It's too easy. You're like, uh, like, should I be worried about any of these? Like, are these all like, <laughs> you know, are these yeah. going to get a virus or something? Yeah, I think the only the only ones the only packages I really use are the the linter, and then I've got another one that lets me you know let's puts a puts a command line down at the bottom of the editor that's you know it's different than the uh because i think sublime text it has it has like a control window or something i forget what they call it that you can show that that basically just um shows like all the actions that have been taken on a file as far as saves and backups and things like that mm-hmm. but this is this is an actual like like linux command line plugin where you can send commands to the you know, to the shell and that does the output is goes to the text document or does it go into the no it goes goes in into your into your terminal yeah that's one of the like that's, I just, yeah that's one of the I, things about TextMate that I miss uh, is that you can execute command you can just highlight any text in a document and run it through the command line and replace it with the output yeah so I don't know if there's a pl- there's got to be a plugin like that for. A lot of a lot of TextMate plugins will work in Sublime. Mm, I I think it's I don't think it's a plugin in. Yeah, TextMate, it might not though. be. It might be native. Yeah. Native feature. So, well, I am absolutely you know it is definitely found a home in my tool uh, box. That's for sure. Yeah, well worth the sixty bucks. <laughs> totally. You know what would be cool? Is there a way to? Um, is there a way to sync your preferences between different machines? Um, I have mine in Dropbox. Ah. And then I just make a sim link to the cool. from the Dropbox folder to my um Sublime preferences. Awesome. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that's the only I'm like, you know, that's a, a little I mean, you have to do that with TextMate too and with Transmit and everything else. It's really yeah. annoying. I wish you could like store it in the cloud somewhere and just you log in and have all of your you know, preferences set yeah. up the same. Yeah, everywhere. I I just do it in Dropbox and then make some links. Cool. So I mean, you still have to go in and create the links initially, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no big deal though. Awesome. So I think we touched on every possible topic under the sun <laughs> at this point, <laughs> from yes. uh, social media to uh, text editors to uh, yes. APIs. APIs and, and mobile first design and yeah, responsive design, CSS organization. Yep. App.net and stomach viruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't have a lot of specifics this week because I haven't done anything. I've been I've been out of it for days. It's this is yeah, you know, like yesterday and today have been the first first days in a long time where I've actually felt like getting out of bed. So Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, it's just been like Erica and Cooper have been Erica in particular, Cooper almost—he's like sick, but he almost doesn't know it, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, because you can't stop a two-year-old. 
Exactly. Exactly. He's just like a little bit crankier than usual and his nose is running like <laughs> Jim Fix. Yeah. yeah. Following him around with a Kleenex constantly. Oh, please. I gave up on that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just running. It's just You don't need a Kleenex. It just like, goes we'll just hose him off every now and then. Yeah, it goes straight in his mouth. There's no problem. Ugh. Yeah, it's like water. Yeah. But uh, Erica is like, ugh, I'm suffering, so I feel bad. She's just like, ooh. Yeah. And on top of it, it's been raining for like four days. Oh, so you've all been stuck inside too. Right. Yeah, inside yeah. the Petri dish. <laughs> yeah, we've got really nice weather here. But um, I don't know, I haven't I haven't felt like, like even getting out of bed. Hmm. But it's I don't know like I'm I'm still I'm still afraid to leave the house but I'm starting to starting to get over it I think. <laughs> Hopefully. It's like I you know I've I've lost nine pounds since starting this virus. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Char- charging people to go lick them. Yeah yeah it's like you know for trouble trouble losing weight <laughs> for a small fee I'll lick you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not one of my better startup ideas but. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't put it past people. <laughs> Want to lose 10 pounds fast? Inject yourself with the flu. Yeah. And if you haven't reached your dream weight after three days, we can start chopping off body parts. Yeah. You know, do you really need 10 toes? I mean... Those things are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And with that... Perhaps we should call it a day. Yes. All right. So that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week on the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.